0: Final scream, we are kicking off season two this month of September 2020. Oh, I hope you are all well. I am back from my break in August because um 2020 has been a year as we all know. What a year to start a podcast. <laughs> um so I hope you all enjoyed season one. The Mother oh, um, if you haven't listened to season one, that's fine you don't need to listen to it before this one, but I would recommend going back and giving a listen um yeah, so season two is gonna be a little bit different. I say that because next month in October as it's Halloween month um I decided to do a month-long special on the Bell Witch which I am super excited about Um, it kind of fits in with the theme of season two which I still don't quite know what to call I guess season two is focusing on female teenage female kind of protagonist antagonists who are not final girls or screen queens which is a whole other section. So season two has been interesting um, to research and write for but either way the Bell Witch season that I want to focus on next month kind of fits in because we'll be looking at um, the Blair Witch, the Blair Witch 2, The newer sequel to The Blair Witch and An American Haunting are the four films for October. That's right, four movies because I am being ambitious but hope to do a weekly episode in October to see how that goes, if it's manageable. Um, At the moment I've been doing monthly episodes which... (sighs) Is fine. It is manageable, but I would rather have more episodes for you all out there listening. Weekly episodes, obviously, kind of boosts it a bit more, but it's finding the time. I know lockdown. I don't have the time. I have two. I do have two kids, so obviously lockdown has been tough. Um, having them home twenty four seven, but now that things are starting to go hopefully back to a bit more normality I can start getting a bit more of a routine in and I figured why not best to try that next month in October for Halloween and give you weekly episodes and we shall see if that's manageable if it's not manageable I am hoping to start making this podcast at least twice a month so every two weeks just so there's a bit more out there for you all. Oh, I also want to give a massive shout out to this amazing podcast called Dear Diary Keep Out. It's an awesome podcast following a married couple and the wife, she reads out her teenage diary entries to her husband and it is amazing. I've listened to their newest episode Bobby Pin. If you're Scottish you will all know that the Bobby means penis. <laughs> And they were so kind to give this podcast a a massive shout out and really positive review. Um, My husband is friends with the couple, he knows them. So I'm so very touched and also recommend that you all go listen to them as well because if you are a millennial trash like myself you will relate so hard to these diary entries and cringe and teenage memories it's comforting because although it's not your own memories there is this sense of nostalgia which i love because i mean i was a intrepid diary keeper i totally wish i'd kept my hundreds of diaries now but um yeah i highly recommend you go give them a listen something a bit different really fun and enjoyable so again thank you so much I will share links to their podcast and their social media in the description box below and plugging my own social media um, we are on Facebook if you search the final scream podcast or is it just the final scream let me check my own social media yeah if you search the final scream on Facebook You will find us if you search on Instagram for the underscore final underscore scream underscore podcast is because apparently the final scream podcast and all other abbreviations were taken. I'm sure if you search final scream podcast, it will come up on Instagram and we are also on Twitter and it should also just be at the final scream Yes, it's at final underscore scream underscore and it's the Final Scream podcast. I will link all our social media down below if you'd like to go give us a follow, a like. You have it. That would be amazing. Leave reviews would really, really help, especially now that we are on Apple Podcasts. It would be absolutely amazing if you could leave a review. Um, to really help boost that is like the best way you could honestly help this podcast share us on social media all that lovely good stuff um yeah I think that's all my announcements I'm very excited to be recording again as you can probably tell by the caffeinated tone in my voice so yes uh, if you follow us on social media you will know and by the title that this episode I'm looking at Slasher season 3 which is Slasher Solstice and how horror still has a white supremacy problem. So if you haven't seen Slasher I recommend pausing this, go watch it, it's on Netflix. Um, Although it's on season 3 you do not need to watch season 1 and 2 to understand it because each season is completely separate from each other. A little bit like American Horror Story where there are some of the same actors but they play different characters. Uh, yes! So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so what is Slasher? Also, quick note. If you hear any squeaking and creaking, I really need a new computer chair. (laughs) So apologies if that interrupts. So, Slasher is a Canadian horror TV series that lives up to its name. Season 1 we have the caped killer who rids the town of sinners. Season 2, summer camp murders. Basically, Friday the 13th. Now, season 2 is my favorite season out of all three um so each season we have a new killer new victims new setting and storyline although they're all set in modern day in america pretty sure it's america or not canada they're saying <laughs> i could be wrong so it really lives up to the genre title it's gruesome, it's scary, it has twists and tropes. So, as I said, I'm going to focus on season three, which is the latest season, which is up on Netflix. It took a lot of inspiration from like Friday the 13th. And yeah, Slasher Solstice also holds a lot of like known horror movie inspiration. So, we have the druid who's the killer, and the druid's mask really looks reminiscent of like the Purge movie masks. Um, If you've watched Looper, which is like a BBC detective series um, in the latest season, there was a serial killer who again had a very similar mask. Made all us British folk terrified to take the night bus. (laughs) Um, And then Solstice is a pagan celebration. And obviously we have Midsummer by the same makers of Hereditary, which you would have heard me explain. I have not yet seen. I mean, a lot of slashers in particular do take their inspiration from each other. So it's nothing unusual or cheap, but it has that copycat feeling, which in turn is symbolic of the killings in the show. And when I say... It feels familiar, it could just be coincidental, like I don't know when these things are written and filmed, that this druid mask we've seen before and solstice, midsummer, I don't know, I just, I'm not having a go at that, there's a lot of things I am going to critique in this but... I don't know, I honestly, I was so excited for season 3 and then when I saw that, honestly it was kind of disappointing that it just felt like it was nothing fresh or new. And I know season 1 and 2 you could argue the same but it still had enough element of difference to it that it seemed more reminiscent of classics rather than modern contemporary horror. So I'm going to do a kind of brief season plot overview. Obviously I'm not going to go in episode by episode because we would be here forever and I already ramble on a lot on this podcast. So the season begins with the murder of Kit Jennings on his way home to an apartment block and he is followed by the druid who at this point has already stabbed him I'm pretty sure. So once he gets in he calls out for help and knocks on all the doors of his neighbors. Yet nobody helps him. And he eventually gets out of the building and he dies outside. He's actually hit by a car from one of who actually is one of his neighbors. So this druid has stabbed him multiple times. And is still chasing him. You know. He's knocking on doors. People are either not answering their doors. People are telling him to get lost. He can't find his key for his apartment. You know. It kind of. You feel really sorry for him. Um, But. Throughout the season. We later discover. Why nobody helped him. Through flashbacks. Of all the different tenants. He. Was the resident bisexual kinky playboy, um, and we discovered that a lot. He pissed off a lot of people. He he cheated on a lot of people. He would have sex in the hallway in front of minors. He was just blatantly rude, really full of himself, really a pretty horrible guy. That everyone in the building clearly had reason or motive to hurt him and hate him. A year later, on the anniversary of his death, the killer returns and starts killing off each of the residents one by one in a very gruesome personal way. So we have two detectives who follow the case, who were originally on the first case as well. Thinking that it's all connected to the death of Kit, The writing honestly would have you think this, as each character is connected to Kit and witnessed his death. The first suspect is Angel. He was Kit's ex. He caught Kit sleeping with other people, including white trash, white supremacist Cassidy. Or Cassidy. No, Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy. That's how you pronounce that name. Who honestly looks like Emma Roberts. They really really cast that actress to look like emma roberts um which who is in scream 4 so i mean it could be a nod to her character in scream 4 but i honestly had to google the first episode being like is emma roberts in this it's not her then who is their neighbor she lives with her dad dan who's also He's a single dad, super angry and blames everyone else on all his problems, especially immigrants and gay people. So he's obviously top suspect, um, but that's kind of, it's never really ruled out as this show goes on till the end. He always kind of seems pretty suspicious. So the first murder we have is the beheading of this guy who is like this kind of dodgy car dealer he is beheaded, his head mounted on his car we have Xander the hipster barista who is a total asshole who has the most deconstructed hipstery coffee shop ever, he is i want to say he's originally stabbed i can't remember how his death happens but after he's murdered they have this like chemistry glass like coffee filter thing and they shove it in his throat and drain all his blood and they put it in a coffee machine and he's only found because a homeless guy breaks in and steals coffee and obviously drinks a mug full of blood and his body's not found till later till his girlfriend. Who was the person who hit Kit with her car? Is she finds him dead at this like gaming place and she sent like VR footage of him being murdered? Now, there's so many characters in this show. I'm just going to say, originally I was going to talk about every single character and their deaths and what part they all played and we would again be here forever. So if I am kind of running through, sorry, but literally would be here forever. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So then we have this teacher who... We get quite a bit of story from her she obviously teaches at the school um where saria jen and connor so saria jen and connor are our three main protagonists they're the three main characters i'm going to focus on and dan saria is muslim you know she wears a hijab she's bullied massively She also is very sheltered, her parents are very protective and you find out that she has such a devastating backstory. Um, She's from, I want to say she's from Afghanistan and obviously during the war and her family were burnt and she witnessed this as a child and they fled to America which there is a big comment to be made there because Americans going to war with these countries and then proclaiming to be a safe place it's when they also went in and caused a lot um but that's the rant for another day I'm just gonna put that in there that the show is full of this liberal white pretending to be good so she gets bullied quite a bit by case cassidy um and this teacher really is the only teacher who looks out for her but she becomes victim to the druid herself actually quite sadly so and is dissected like the frogs they have to dissect in biology class as i ended up even asking on facebook to like my american friends i was like is this something you actually do at school and so many of my friends actually from in england we're like, yeah, didn't you? And I was like, we just don't do that in Scotland, like in Scottish schools. Like we don't dissect frogs. <laughs> we look at like we blow up lungs. Maybe dissect an eyeball or two, but Ugh. um The male detective, whose name I forgot to write down, um, he is so close to finding another victim. He's in her apartment. And the Druid sneaks in behind him and smashes his face into a blender blades and really... look turns him into a pulp. Um, We have people being the Druid's weapon of choice typically is an axe. We also discovered that the Druid is disposing of quite a lot of the bodies that the Druid doesn't want found in a furnace in this apartment. Cassidy is... Um, what's it called where bullies would put like a swirly like a person's head down the toilet that happens to Cassidy but they shove her head in a toilet full of acid and hide her in the school vents so that's just to name a few of the grisly murders that happen so as I said our protagonists we have Saria we have Jen and Connor who are brother and sister and they're both black and they have mixed race lesbian mothers. So this all sounds great. Pretty diverse. Angel, he is. I don't think they cover where he's from. I think uh, the detectives, our main detective, she's black, and her co cool detective is Asian. So you would think. Wow, this is a pretty diverse cast especially for horror, especially seeing as the black kid doesn't die first, eh, no. So again the kind of plot turns that detectives, they hunt down this man who confesses he was a druid and he killed Kit because he kills his ex-girlfriend who Kit had slept with a year ago. Um. And she does not fit the M.O. She's killed outside of the building. He slits her throat, hangs her up from a tree. A poor child finds her. They find weapons, the druid mask, everything. This guy's insane. But then when they start showing him the pictures of all the other victims, this is like the big plot twist, is he has no idea who they are. He's just like, you're all fucking with me. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And by this point, you are watching it being like, well, of course it's not him. That's just way too easy. And he hated Kit. So why would he go after people who seemingly the killer is seeking revenge on these people? So, as I said, there's so many characters because this is an entire flat building. Now, an interesting character, though, I do want. To look at is Violet. Violet is she's a white woman. She runs this vlog on well YouTube. They obviously didn't have the rights to YouTube, so it's called something else. It's called Sex, Sex and Violence. And she live streams everything. She interviews people in the building. She takes photos whenever she can of you know the murders, Kit's murder. She's an all-round disgusting person who's so self-obsessed and she discovers that her fiancé has been cheating on her with Angel. Um, Because Angel had filmed it, but a druid had broke into his apartment and took the phone and leaked the footage. And she shares it publicly to get revenge. And the whole time throughout this... There's so much focus on her and how, obviously, she's a comment on modern day, how, you know, right now on TikTok, there's that video that guy shooting himself. You know, these things, people think it's okay to share these things and film these things. And I guess it really is a comment on that. So she's that kind of person who really gets off on and obviously monetizes on all these murders. Now she is murdered, she meets her grizzly end, Um, her and her fiance are kidnapped and tortured in front of each other. One of the worst things that Violet did was that she filmed and released footage of Connor and Jen's mother committing suicide. She goes into the courtyard of the building and covers herself in gasoline and sets herself on fire and again everyone witnesses this her poor kids are trying to stop her like they're right in front of her and the reason why she did this was when Kit was murdered she took a photo or a video and had tweeted it you know basically being like karma's a bitch you know this is what you get and it went viral from having next to no followers on Twitter to it going viral to her being constantly abused, her and her wife obviously then getting homophobic attacks on top of it, racial attacks, that she has a complete mental breakdown and commits suicide in front of everyone, you know, claiming that everyone is just as as accountable for this. And leaving in her wake of her death she leaves her kids who are obviously traumatized but now they have to look after their stepmother who has gone somewhat insane is grieving and blames herself you know and they have to look after her these kids are left looking after this woman who can't look after herself anymore. Um I want to say her name's Amber. Sorry, the actress who plays her actually plays characters in all three seasons. So yeah, she plays Amber. That made no sense. Amber is the stepmom. And she has gone a bit mad. And again, she's another character who they really build up that you're like maybe it's her. She is always hanging out outside people's apartments, stealing stuff. She's really into witchcraft and it's just a bit crazy. So i feel that the other characters worth mentioning is we have Dan, Cassidy's dad. As I said, he is a single dad. He's white. He's angry. He despises the fact that his neighbours are refugees, you know, Saria and her family. He also has lesbian neighbours. He has gay neighbours um you know and he's all like well who's here to help the white man and obviously he delves right into white supremacy he is disgusting you know he hates everyone he's a raging alcoholic you know he even hates his daughter you know he's a pretty he's honestly an all-round completely horrible person who plays a much bigger part in it than I would care for but anyway yeah so from here I'm going to kind of focus on Jen and Connor who are the brother and sister Saria who is Jen's best friend and also kind of becomes Connor's love interest although due to her faith she can't kiss him she really likes him And there's this cute moment where they're just kind of holding hands you know that there's this real connection between the two of them so now i'm gonna get to my point after all this rambling (laughs) um how slasher solstice has a patriarchal racism problem so, first up, all the LGBTQ plus characters in the show are portrayed as drug taking, sex addicting, addicted even, and have loose morals. Or they're closeted. Um, you know, they filmed themselves having sex without telling the other person. Or they're taking every drug under the sun. Or they're... is just such a horrible stereotype of a bisexual male um and then we have our asexual character who is Xander's girlfriend and she is edgy and how do we know that she is edgy because they gave her a blue streak in her hair I read an article a few years ago about how asian girls you know in particular chinese korean japanese girls are portrayed as being edgy or dangerous because they typically have like a streak of color in their hair like if you look at you know scott pilgrim is a pretty fine example of that and it's admittedly something now i am a white person that I hadn't noticed until I read this article. If I can find the article I will link it in the description box. But she is asexual and she doesn't come to this realisation until the only kind of kind moment we have of Kit is he's hitting on her and she's so oblivious and they get high in the laundry room and she talks about not enjoying sex and having no connection to it and he points out that she could be asexual. But throughout the series she's just continuously raped by Xander, is not taken seriously. She is also made so unaware and completely detached from emotion and human connection yeah she's lived through extreme trauma but still also she is like just void of emotion until she witnesses Xander's death on the VR and there's a scene where she's having sex with him and she puts on her VR goggles because she's like you just go away I'll do this and he puts it on and she's really into zombie games and he gets really angry and he keeps accusing her of cheating on him but she's not comfortable in herself yet to explain to him her sexuality and what she's going through. And it's such an injustice because it's just a stereotype. I'm not asexual myself. I have friends who are and it it's, it's a harmful stereotype and it, it's, it's difficult to watch because she is being raped because he's only focused on his pleasure and doesn't realize that she is saying no without directly saying the word no you know you don't have to say no to be saying no anyway and then all the gay men in this show are arrogant they're self-righteous they're sleazy they're vain you know Angel sees himself as this complete victim and he, but he's also he can do no wrong. He's a complete do-gooder. You know, Joe cheats on Violet with Angel, and Kit cheats on everyone. Portraying bisexual men as sexual beasts and greedy. You know, which is this horrible thing that's been written by straight cis men to make people terrified of anyone who is not a straight, white, cis man. I mean, it's just, again, stereotyping while trying to make itself seem progressive. Um, you know, we have the lesbian couple and all we ever see is them fighting. They're miserable. They hate each other. They're always screaming. Again, portraying women as these, like, hysterical beings. And then put two of them together, God forbid, you know. It, it just puts all the non-straight characters in a very odd light. And a very negative one. That it makes them very unlikable characters. And that's a big problem. And then we have Jen, and she's painted as this angry black girl who's ignored, she's spoken over. You know, she's again this stereotype of something that black women face daily of being spoken over by white women, by being accused of being angry. You know, because they have to shout to be heard. You know, and then white women, white tears oh my god no how dare you get angry at me put the attention back on me feel sorry for you know these are real struggles and the show really could have highlighted how that is a real struggle but instead it just painted it to be like uh Jen's just angry and wants to fight everyone so again let's make her kind of unlikable and then we have Saria who really is the main main protagonist in this. So her and her family Fred Warren torn Afghanistan to America. I've already said my comment on that. She's constantly bullied for wearing a hijab. You know the first murder being a beheading. Everyone then looks to her and her family. Her parents are out of town because her brother's graduating. You know people are like, well, that's very convenient. You know. Honestly at times the plot would make it seem that she is the killer and they give her this really odd moral compass of that she always sees the good in everyone and she forgives everyone even those who wrong her personally which is infuriating. It's such an infuriating character, and I know there are people out there and that is their characteristic it's an infuriating characteristic. And this is where my biggest gripe comes in. I have so many gripes. They're all my biggest gripe. This whole season is my biggest gripe. She saves the life of Dan. The white supremacist who would have happily destroyed her and her family. Yet he gets this whole redemption arc storyline. And he becomes a white saviour. The alcoholic white KKK supremacist survives and turns good while the two black kids are not only the serial killers but are also both killed. No, this isn't okay. And one of them is killed by Dan. I'm pretty sure him and Angel are like glued together by the face. They're, they're both lured into the basement where the furnace is They wake up but their faces are glued together because it's a comment on how they are both as bad as each other. And again I said Angel has this like righteous I'm better than you attitude to everyone. (sighs) If you've watched Slasher season 2 you will know that Slasher has no issue in letting the killer survive. So why couldn't Saria and Jen have joined forces? Why does a white guy save the day? Why could they have not left it with Saria? Not being the the the, the, the thing that flicked the switch in Jen and Connor. That doing the thing that triggered the events. You find out that she was the one who retweeted Jen and Connor's mum's tweet. And made it viral. She's the one who set off the second spree of murders in motion the mother's suicide in motion the whole time we have had it that you know she can do no wrong she's the one person that Jen and Connor would let survive but would also probably pin it on her you know I get if they're trying to make a comment on that everybody is culpable everybody makes mistakes everybody every small action leads to bigger reactions but not really because all it does is just kind of go oh she's clearly just as bad as Dan the white supremacist you know now we can't have this not white girl actually be a hero you know Or be smart or be brave or stand up for what's right no instead she saves her enemy just I'm not religious I don't know there's a religious meaning behind that but so yeah Jen and Connor turn around they are the druid they have been working together like, from the start, you, you do figure out there has to be more than one. It's like Scream. It's like, no, these murders can all be happening by one person. And we discover that what kind of triggers this is Connor is going to kill himself after his mother does and Jen finds him and, you know, talks him down from it. And they're grieving and they're angry and they're hurt. And they snap and start the killings. Honestly, some of these characters—you are like, you know, Cassidy dying. Meh, she is racist and horrible. If Dan had died, would it be no loss? The other characters, like the teacher, and I mean Violet and Dan. Violet's awful and horrible as well, but like, they killed her stepmom you know they they stab her to death in front of Saria because they've drugged Saria because obviously Saria's clicking because she smells the burning bodies in the furnace and it triggers her PTSD of being in Afghanistan and having to smell burning bodies and obviously reminds Jen of being like where have you smelled this before and obviously her mother's deaf And she clicks that it's Connor because Connor is the building's janitor. He has keys for everywhere. I mean, the best killing in it is when they kill a classmate who tries to rape Saria in the toilets at this party. And when the the first murder, the beheading of the car dealer guy, you find out that he's like a super abusive husband who beats his wife and daughter and Connor witnesses this which really was the kind of oh okay Connor's the druid does his sister know who's he working with is he working with his stepmom the wife and daughter get free to start a new life those are murders where I'm just like fine yeah that's great that's a great message for tv I'm not I want to say I'm not talking about real life. But you know what I mean. Like, it's like Dexter. You know, the people we kill, they're bad people. You, you still can't condone the killing, but... Honestly, I think if they had made Amber the druid, it would have made more sense. Because Amber has gone insane. Amber lost her wife... I think if Amber, even Connor, if they have been working together, you know, Amber really isn't as insane, it's just been an act, I think would have been more forgivable. But the fact that they then villainized the two black kids in the end, who you've been rooting for the entire time while this white guy goes free and becomes the hero is, is horrible and it's not okay. No white supremacist KKK member should be forgiven and let go and... No. (laughs) What could have been a great diverse season and a great diverse look into horror just turned into a racist homophobic mess. The director is a white male and all this has done is prove that racism and homophobia are still in 2020 a running theme in horror. And obviously in real life, I mean look at 2020. I know this was written and filmed last year, but with Black Lives Matter movement really taking to the press and all the protests and all the death Of innocent black people right now in America and the UK being at what should be at the forefront of our activism right now and our minds honestly season three is in such poor taste because it villainizes the two black kids and the black detective because you know they're angry at her for being so shit at her job they also then villainize you know Saria the Muslim girl there's this Islamophobia you know because it's like well actually she's not good she's what triggered all of this and Dan walks out having this whole redemption arc because he tried to save Angel's life he really tried to get them out of there he saves Saria He he doesn't just flee off and look after himself and she has a moment where she could leave him but she saves his life and it's just like really would that really happen in real life I mean you can also comment that that makes her the better person that she's not stooping to their level but for the sake of fiction no it's frustrating and as a writer it's frustrating um really that's what I kind of have to say on it, um, is that what started out to appear to be a diverse piece of horror just went and did the opposite. Um, I really highly recommend if you have Shudder watching the documentary Horror Noir, I've watched half of it um, and it looks into the history of black cinema, black people in horror. And I made a couple of like points um, from what I have seen um, as to the stereotyping, you know, so back in early cinema, you know, black people, they were always painted as criminals, monsters, servants, black women were always voodoo queens, you know, it was always to make the white man look good. And I'm talking old Hollywood, you know, 1930s, 40s cinema here. And here we are having these tropes again. Because we have four people of colour dying. Well, no, sorry, free in the last moments dying to make the white guy a hero. Like, Angel's purpose... All along was to give Dan redemption. That's all the only reason he's there in the end, you know. And this is the problem. It is, you know, just because they're not like, if you go back to the 70s to black exploitation, where they went from all black women were maids and servants to pimps and hoes you know this was an image made by white people you know and gangsters that white people were like this is what black people are this is who they are you know because it's not a caricature and a blatant mockery it doesn't mean that this type of writing isn't still there. Um, I if people are I don't want to do an episode on horror noir because I am white and I don't want to take away from the amazing interviews and writing in that documentary so I really do recommend that you go watch it and I do say watching that really did open my eyes to a lot of things in cinema, in horror and You know I would say it's really 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 a hundred percent worth watching if you have Shudder just to kind of I think what made me realize was I'd obviously watched slasher first and then as soon as they finished it I went and wrote the script hence I was a bit of a mess because I could see issues with it and I think then watching horror noir made me realize wow these issues I know they're nothing new but how we haven't changed from early Hollywood horror cinema and I think that that's something we all need to work on and I think myself as a writer has made me look at myself and how I write characters and you know we should all be doing better. And honestly, I mean, Slasher, I still recommend giving it a watch. I think season 1 and 2 are great. Obviously there's still problems there. I just think season 3 is worth watching but what went from what I on the surface looked like we were getting something better to it being let down and I just think like, ugh, I think especially when I discovered that the director this season was different because usually they have multiple directors in the past. This season had one director. And it was really disappointing to see that he is a white cis male who wrote it. That just kind of solidifies it really was just a bunch of stereotypes thrown in there. And, you know, I hold my hands up. I am a white woman and if I have gotten anything wrong, please feel free to, you know, tell me, you know... I'm not asking people to give their labour to educate me, that's not your job, that's my job to educate myself but I'm well aware that I could be wrong. Um, My awkward way of trying to wrap up this episode, I don't even know how long this episode is but yeah sorry this episode has been a bit of a mess. I think that's the thing when you're more passionate about things I tend to go off on tangents and I haven't recorded in two months because I pre-recorded July's episode. So anyway I hope you enjoyed this month's episode. I hope that you've learned something maybe or if you disagree with me you know feel free to come agree disagree. Over on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, I again will drop all the links if you just search the final screen podcast. Hopefully it should come up. I do have issues tagging the page occasionally on Facebook. Um, As I said, we are now available to listen on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts. um, I want to say RSS Feed and Pocket Casts. Basically, I think we're on all podcast streaming services, but not Google Podcasts yet. I also want to thank you all because uh, we have had over 150 listens and downloads, which is amazing. I know that's a tiny number compared to most podcasts, but considering I kind of went into this thinking no one's going to listen to this to have over 150 listens on six well, five episodes is pretty big for me so thank you again if you want to prepare next episode will be on an American haunting which is available on I want to say Netflix or Prime I can't remember It's on Netflix or Prime and I will be talking about the Bell Witch, which there is lots of information out there in Google land so if you want to prepare for next episode, I recommend reading Up on the Bell Witch and watching An American Haunting. And as I said, it's going to be weekly episodes. So I also recommend watching all three of the Blair Witch movies. Anyway, I, again, hope you're all staying safe and well. And until next time, stay spooky. Bye. Bye.